Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 63 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Should we redo the intro to say the strength-based view in which they, the strength-based perspective in which they view the world from their windows? (laughs) From their windows due to pandemic. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, or the strength-based view in which they are constantly practicing in order to have optimism and positive outlook on um, on the world. Which, you know what, I think that's just the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. I think this is a really trying time where we get to practice what we preach, right? <laughs> it is, and I think it's hope. Hope is what we talk about. Yeah. Hope is your word. Yep. Choice is my word. Choose choosing to find hope <laughs> in difficult times mm-hmm. is this is truly our opportunity to practice this. Absolutely. It's also, I think, a great way for us to leverage our strengths and what we refer to when we do um, we do program coordinator training. We talk through with mentors. This is what I would call a swamp season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is um, not feeling extra sunshiny. It feels like we're using our strengths in a time of challenge, and mm. that's really when the practice um, meets the pathway, right? It's yeah. probably yeah. easier to use our strengths when things are going really well. Absolutely. And it's harder to use our strengths now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So I think that begs the question, you know, we you've shared a couple of articles with me and and I feel like I read them too about how people are encouraging, like, what do your strengths look like in pandemic (laughs) and how are maybe how maybe could your strengths help you in the midst of pandemic so a question for you is what strength do you feel like is really burdening you right now and why is that and which strength do you feel like is really helping you know for those of us most people listening I think probably know because it's been you know a week and a half or so that we've been now um, fully working from home that the teammates central office locations are closed everyone is remote um, so for most of us that's a pretty big shift um, who usually have the office to depend on and um, so yeah I guess that that's the question that I would love for us to, to wrestle with which do you feel like is very burdensome to have right now in your dominant themes and which of your themes are really helping you through the midst of this change for sure what I'm noticing is uh, woo feels feels heavy um because I do thrive in human connection and the woo empathy blend I sense so much in the energy of others so Mm. it's hard for me to do a webinar without being able to see and physically feel Mm -hmm. the energy of other human beings but I also think that this is good practice for me in what I what I wasn't good at yet Mm-hmm. I'm not good at with technology yet. My growth mindset statement that I'm always making, this gives me an opportunity to really practice yeah. utilizing it. So I think woo feels a little bit burdened. Um, my empathy has kind of risen up to say, what can I actually do? So yeah. the thing that I believe I'm doing by staying in social distancing practices mm-hmm. is something I can practice because I can't do what maybe others can at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of helps me feel connected. Um, It's about my connectedness Connectedness right there. there. (laughs) And then I also think I'm using my strategic to really think creatively about how to stay in connection. So again, not good at technology yet, but trying to utilize it 
so that I can stay connected to my family and friends. To me, I'm probably more connected and have had more conversations with people than I ever have Hmm. because I am, I think last month, the month of February, I was in five, six states. Mm -hmm. And to think about how busy I was, I was often putting my my true connection, I would say my heart connection, my family connection, second, because I was traveling so much um, that now I feel probably more in alignment with my family and friends because we've been taking the time to do a virtual happy hour or um, to do a, yesterday we did the three things that we loved about Lauren um, through technology. So in honor of her birthday. Mm -hmm. So reframing tradition, reframing practices, reframing things, that's been um, a utilization of my strategic. But I think my woo, I see some of the posts where people say, check on your extroverted friends. (laughs) And I think it's a little bit tongue in cheek, like, you know, we're not okay. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the people who have checked in, who have just taken the time to um, I'm going to say pick up the team's phone, like it's the team line. I, I shared this during a staff call, but when my little team's phone rings, I'm like, yeah. what's Yay. going on? <laughs> so for the people who have checked in or mm-hmm. just even sent me an email to say, Allison, how are you doing? Or a text to say, hey, thinking of you or commented on my um, lost of Kenny Rogers um, yeah. post. Those things have really meant a lot to me, and mm-hmm. I feel like I need to send some very specific thank yous and, and shout outs, um, and I will, because yeah. it's really meant a lot to me the way that that people have noticed. It is a hard time for extroverts. It's a hard time for everyone, mm-hmm. um, but there have been a few people that have specifically named my strengths, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of blown me away, um, or noticed things that are unique about me. Um, on Kenny Rogers, Trisha commented, you were the first person I thought of yeah. when I saw the news this morning. And that, yeah. that really meant a lot to me. And um, after a, a staff call, um, our coworker Louise reached out to me and said, you know, hey, I hear your vulnerability in admitting that that was a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And just kind of naming those things that are really unique about me and specific about me. So it's Again, the way Gallup talks about the way we name strengths mm-hmm. and we um, give praise with intentionality, it really means a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's your so, turn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to first strength spot, I think, a strength that you don't spot a lot and I don't spot in you a lot, which is not a great thing. I need to be better about, but you have positivity as number nine, I believe. Um, it's in your top 10. It's nine or 10 for you. And so it's lower on your dominant. And I don't think we call it out enough. Now I feel like it's a joke that all we do is call it your connectedness because you never called it out and it's so you. Um, but I wanted to call it your positivity because I think that you have, you know, I mean, you don't have super high adaptability necessarily, but you have rolled with the punches in terms of making the adjustment to this new normal for the time being and you've done it in a way that i think really honors people you know your individualization that's high your empathy that's high but i also you're always even in your language your posts like everything you share is positive like you very much curate your message based on your life's message and i think a lot of that has really lent itself to to 
you know, sharing a very positive message with the world. And I don't think we spot your positivity enough. And I don't think, frankly, we value positivity enough as a theme in general. We always talk about it as this kind of happy-go-lucky person that can always see the good in a situation. Um, but it's kind of like woo, where I think it gets a it gets a bad rap or it gets overrun or it gets neglected in terms of honoring the value that it brings um, to the teams that it sits on and to the relationships that it's a part of. And I think um, I've really noticed in seeing your positivity to say, how can we take advantage of a not so great situation? And instead of thinking about it, instead of, you know, saying, well, I think I'm going to try this or I'm going to do this, you've done it. Like, you're like, okay, I want to start doing virtual happy hours with people. Let's do it. Can you do today? Like, you know, or or I'm going to, you know, I'm listening to this concert and I'm not thinking about maybe I'm just going to Venmo them and, you know, contribute to them, you know. And I think that that's been awesome to see in action, Um, you know, trying to to strength spot you. It's it's a a little bit of a different practice to strength spot virtually um, since we don't get to see each other all the time. But I'm really trying to employ that, especially just given our last was that our last episode before all of this went down was all about looking for the good and and inserting compliments and affirmations and strength spotting into conversation. And I've really been trying to intentionally do that with the people around me, but I think the world just needs it, you know, even more so right now. I think that you and I've talked about this on previous episodes, which I think will be surreal when we listen back to them. Yeah. Because we, (laughs) none of us could have predicted this day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing. I, I Even when uh, I had a friend who said she watched a, a TV show this weekend and, and anytime people were like in a big group or there were a lot of people in a bar in a scene or, you know, at a concert or if they were, you know, touching their face, she said she was just like, don't, wait, don't, don't do it. So I think even looking back, mm-hmm. there was a, there was a piece that I read about, you know, new normal. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we look back or we listen back to some of our previous conversations, some of the things that I may have complained about or saw as challenges are going to seem really, really minor. And I think that's part of the reason that I'm able to be in this growth mindset at this time. Yeah. It kind of goes back to when we talked about growth mindset, Victor Frankel, the mm-hmm. concept of purpose. You don't really know until you're tested how you're going to step into a situation. Yeah. And there have definitely been some changes that we've had to make even organizationally mm-hmm. that I would have probably pushed against that now I'm trying to embrace mm-hmm. because I'm thinking now is the time. Now is the time to try something different, even though um, I do like to follow the rules and I do like to um, consider um, really the in-person but who are we now as we kind of evolve to make sure that we can still craft messages of hope. So Mm -hmm. I want to practice growing. I want to practice trying in a time that it'd be easy for me to kind of put the blocks up and say, Nope, I'm not going to do this. Um, I feel like if I want to practice the people that I've really seen as mentors in my life and the people that I admire from afar as mentors in my life, like Brene Brown, like Liz mm-hmm. Gilbert, like Cheryl Strayed, like Michelle Obama, like mm-hmm. the people that I have really invested in their words, I have to do it too. Yeah. And that's that good. means being brave. And that's what sounded like bravery to me before now looks very, very different. Mm. That's good. How about for you? That's good. 
Um, I think for me, I, and I think I shared this in an email this morning, um, that you were on, but I think my context is really struggling. And I think it's, uh, you know, because context, people with context, you know, appreciate and love the past, love having a frame of reference, right? Like I've talked on the podcast before about needing to arrive in new spaces early because I don't have the mental framework for understanding the space and the place. And, um, you know, so I'm always tend to be a little early to things and, um, you know, having something to have a to have context for, right? Frankly, like to having something to, to kind of relate the situation to. And, you know, while there are things that we like compare and contrast with in terms of massive social movements and change and, um, you know, bubonic plague, whatever we want to think is a comparison, nothing quite compares to what's happening. Um, and I think that is making my context go a little haywire because I don't know you know, I can always make a fairly accurate assessment of what will come next based on the information of what has happened in similar situations. And there is no frame of reference for that. And that's kind of made me a little, not not like anxious, but like a little like out of sorts. And I think it's probably in a negative way made me a little less cautious than I probably would be before because the only frame of reference that I have now that I'm working with my brain is is the fact that we're all still here we're all still living we've overcome difficult things before as a human race um, be it evolution or world wars or or pandemics or things like that in the past yet the human race still lives on you know and so that's literally what my frame of reference has come to the fact that we're still around as human beings and so yes we're probably gonna take a hit um, we've already seen a massive hit in terms of death and mortality rate and and nothing will quite look the same but we'll still be around and so I think it's probably made me a little less worried and that's maybe where my connectedness to comes out because what will be will be right and and I would hope that people would listen to experts and make um, take precautions um, but I'm also consulting experts and I know that I'm not as much of an at-risk person so I'm going out and doing grocery runs for people and you know trying to gather donations and things like that and so um, whereas I could be totally self-isolating um, based on the fact that we've been able to go remote and things like that so I guess it's just made my brain and my whole self a little off kilter right there's you know with context being number one I gain stability i gain tracking i gain life perspective based on being able to put things into context with world events and with current events and with where our history has been tracing back lineage to where it's going in the future and this derails it um which is <laughs> just i think hard i mean um it's just yeah i guess put me a little off kilter um i don't don't quite know how else to describe it i don't know that i feel anxious or super worried i mean there are people in my life that that i'm worried about that i'm trying to encourage them and ask them to take precautions like my dad would be one being in grocery business you know he's been way overworked and i have some elderly people that i know at church that i am really kind of trying to encourage to take precautions but other than that i don't I don't know that I am as anxious or worried as I feel like most of the world is, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, <laughs> but that's probably the one that is is struggling or be, or burdensome right now, just because I don't feel like I, you know, understanding is so huge for me. Making sense of things is so, is so huge for me with all my strategic thinking themes and with context that I just can't quite do that right now. So 
So I, before, before you get into what strength is shining, um, mm-hmm. I do want to pause a second and note, I think there is a heavy generational difference sure. in perspective, sure. which I think will be great for us to chat about mm-hmm. as we continue to have genuinely conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think your perspective is kind of like, we will, you know, we will, we will be fine. We will move on. We mm-hmm. will, um, we'll be okay. My generational perspective is maybe I won't mm-hmm. because I'm at this middle age Gap. So sure. I, even in looking at some of the pieces that have come out, I, I looked at Iowa's numbers, I think yesterday, and they're putting them in frames of age. Yeah. And 41 to 60 is, is tagged as middle age. Hmm. It says middle age next oh. to the stat. And I'm like, sorry, oh, Allie. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I think I also am having a recognition that something could happen. Sure. Not just to me, but to mm-hmm. these other two generational um, pieces in my life that are so important to me. And so I think, um, mm-hmm. well, I'll just pause there, and I want to note that, that we'll come back to that, because yeah. there are some definite generational differences For sure. between viewpoints, mm-hmm. um, and I've got lots of pride in our, in our Gen X crew right now, um, mm-hmm. as you do in your generation and the things that are happening, too. Yeah. But um, I do want you to talk about a strength that you feel like is shining right now, which I know which one I want to point out in you, but I want to hear from your perspective. So I'm sure you want to point out my adaptability. Um, and that's one, that's one. Um, I, I think I, oh gosh. Um, I think right now, if I were to pick one that I feel like is really shining more, um, than the others, I would say my individualization, um, which Again, I don't feel like I strength spot a ton, but, uh, you know, there are lots of people in my life who are very worried about this. People in my generation, too, that are self-quarantining or cutting themselves off from people um, just so that they can stay connected to the people that they love that might be more at risk. And I think I, you know, have gone... I've just been intentional about how to connect with people and what do people need. So trying to anticipate, you know, my um, prayer partner at church who falls into nearly every at-risk category of pre-existing conditions of her age, of her occupation, being in healthcare. Um, You know, I've done a couple grocery runs for her, um, you know, picking up things that she needs because I know that um, she's really trying to be very cautious because she is in a very high, um, you know, in the age group and pre-existing condition group that's really susceptible to this and um and so just trying to cater to see what does she need knowing that she probably is not going to be a person that calls me up and say hey would you be willing to do this for me but instead I called her and say I'm going out to the grocery store what can I pick up for you like not even asking can I do this for you like please tell me what you need um and I will get it for you um because I think you know and we've talked about it here on the podcast people have a really hard time asking for help um and asking for you know, I, I listened to a great sermon um, a few months ago from um, a, a clinical mental health therapist and at a, another church in Omaha, and she said the hardest word in the human vocabulary is help. We have a really hard time asking for help. And, and so instead of saying, how can I help? Um, I am trying to proactively assess what people need and then saying, I will do that for you. Let me know when, where, and what, you know? Um, and so that's an example. And then I think I'm in the works of possibly looking after a child 
which this is a whole different conversation, but there is a, a I know your face right now. Um, there is a single mom in our church um, that, you know, is guaranteed her job after the pandemic, um, after everything starts to lift. Um, but un unless she can physically go into the office, they're not able to pay her. Like that's just kind of the company stipulation. So they said, your job is fine, but, you know, and so she's a single mom of an eight-year-old. And um, so the pastor is trying to, she's trying to coordinate places that this um, girl might be able to stay. And I'm like, I could probably do one day a week. Like, you know, I'm working from home and you know, this girl is, she, I've actually met her. I led a VBS crew last summer and she was a part of the crew that I saw a lot. And she's really, really sweet. Um, and you know, the mom said, you know, she pretty much does homework most of the day, you know, I'll bring a tablet with her so she can do screen time, just make sure like she eats and you know, a few things like that. And I'm like, I could probably do one day a week and I'm like gosh I don't know what I just committed to um but it's one day I could probably get through it um, but um anyway so just trying to you know I think offer offer myself and whatever I can give to people as much as I can um you know people are scared and worried and you know it's a hard time. It's a difficult time, regardless of if you actually are fearful or anxious about the pandemic, the fact that schools are canceled and lots of people are getting yeah. laid off. Like there's all these other things that are superfluous to the actual pandemic itself that are really affecting people's lives. And so I think my individualization has really kicked into gear to say, how can I be there for people um, in ways that they, they need, but may not be able to express it. So I guess that's what I would spot in myself. So so I was going to spot your individualization, <laughs> but also paired with Relator. Yeah. Um, I just, I've noticed you doing this. I mean, I, I witnessed it through what I see on your Instagram posts and some of the things that you're doing and thinking about for others, but also just for me. I mean, I, I've noticed that mm -hmm. you're more likely to say, hey, let's, let's make a connection because I think you're thinking about what I need and mm -hmm. you know how hard it is for me to ask for help. Yeah. And you know how hard this is for me work-wise mm -hmm. to have such a shift in where I think I bring value mm -hmm. and I think I bring um, my strengths to the table that, that that's kind of wonky right now. And I, yeah. I don't know really know what to do with it. And so I think that you are, I was going to spot an individualization relator mm -hmm. blend because um, you do so easily. You don't give yourself enough credit for your empathy either. But I think <laughs> no. it's your individualization relator blend mm -hmm. so generously gives. Mm -hmm. um, you just by nature think of others. I also think it's easy to spot your faith mm -hmm. and you just have a very, your adaptability and your faith perspective has been something for me that feels very steady that, you know, when I'm in, uh, and I'll just call I'm in meetings with you. This is now what these are. Um, when I'm in meetings with you, I, I just sense it and can feel it. It's very calming and reassuring because your adaptability is like, hey, we're going to go with this. Mm -hmm. And um, also your faith perspective is it's going to be okay. I think that it is important for all of us to say when we need help, it's mm -hmm. hard to do that. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably take from this conversation today and send a message of, I need some help um, with a couple things that I'm working on versus at the point with my high achiever too, it's hard to say, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get all these things done, but not mm-hmm. knowing when is the right time to move with them. Yeah, and sure. my family this weekend, I said, I feel like this, I've never been this busy because I literally have meetings, calls, emails all day, all day long, it feels mm-hmm. like. And I don't really know how to align tasks and the priority of tasks, but also my empathy takes over to say everyone in the world has a lot more on this week, their plate and their mindset Mm -hmm. than any of this. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very aware that teachers are trying to fall into a new normal of e-learning and parents and families are trying to move into a new normal of homeschooling and nothing that anybody knows how to handle and I feel like everyone needs some time to get used to that mm-hmm. before they get something else added to the the list of things that need to happen. Yeah. I mean, if I'm feeling overwhelmed and I can't find time to fit yoga in, I'm thinking, okay, and I'm just in charge of me and my, my four plants here, that <laughs> there's got to be a feeling of overwhelm um, mm-hmm. all around. Oh, gosh, so, yeah. I also think that, you know, everyone's trying to redefine their worth and value too during Mm -hmm. this time. And so, um, you know, am I really needed if I'm not out in communities? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Am I, am I, am I really, (laughs) what do I do if Mm -hmm. I'm not doing what I typically do? So I think some of those dialogues are important and I think that lots of people are having them or maybe need to have them. Yeah. It's completely for me shifted the way that I parent, because even though they're adultish, um, and we've been, we talked about this a lot on Jenna Millie shifting out of the, you know, they don't need me. It's also right now shifting out of the being present with them, mm-hmm. which I very much value. That is a value for me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really different. Um, so I think all of us have a lot to ponder and think about. Last week, it felt like things were changing by the minute. Mm-hmm. This week, I feel like we're getting a heavy dose of not great news. Yeah. Sure. And so can we let, can we take a time to pause and say, let me absorb the information mm-hmm. before I make my next step and that it's okay to not have a next step planned out. Yeah. And that shifts how we future cast, Right. I mean, you and I, we talk about this all the time, future Mm -hmm. casting and hope building. We're in a time of shifting what that looks like. I can't imagine what it would be like Mm -hmm. to have a high school senior right now. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a kindergartner right now. I can't imagine what it would be like to have education at the forefront Mm -hmm. um, and what those plans look like or a wedding or, you know, in the Mm -hmm. worst case scenario, a funeral where everything is shifting in perspective, I, I look around and I think almost every single person, well, every single person has said some kind of shift. If you're a pastor, yeah. mm-hmm. you're now preaching to a an screen. empty room. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are an athlete, mm-hmm. you are now completely shifting what your, mm-hmm. um, how you compete, you know, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, everything has shifted mm-hmm. and I wonder if we're giving people enough time to navigate that we almost need, like everybody needs 24 to 48 hours to just be um, before we 
move on to the next thing, that we need some navigation of just being in this new space. And I don't know that I've had that yet. I tried to take a little bit of time for that yesterday, but um, I feel like we need some time to, Mm. to be in the new normal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's, it's a loss of what our lives look like before, um, which, you know, this actually the same counselor that I, I mentioned, um, preached the message. I follow her on social media and, um, her, she's doing like five minutes every day of just like psychotherapy tips for people. And, um, the first day was on grief and loss. Because she said, regardless of what your life looks like now, everyone has been experiencing some sort of change. And it, with change, inevitably becomes loss. Uh, and so let's all apply basic grief and loss tools um, to say, how can we help shift our perspective and adjust to kind of a new normal? Um, and I think a big part of that, I talked with my church small group this past week we did um small group on zoom um you know so that was interesting and but one of the things we talked about was our culture so values busyness and we put and you know gosh you and I've talked about this a lot too but in your allusion to redefining where we get identity and worth our culture places uh the lives of the busy as a higher status or you have higher you know, you're, you're seen as better in the eyes of others. If you tend to be more busy, you're more important, you have higher status, right? Like, you know, and from my faith perspective, that's totally a fallacy. Like I know where my identity comes from. And so like, I am solid, good to go. So when things like this, like massive change happens, I'm like, okay, why well, I'm still who I am. Um, I still believe what I believe. Um, and my identity is still, you know, for me in Christ and who I am in Christ. And, um, and so that's, you know, different, but for the world, um, and for our American culture, that tends to say status comes from your positional authority. It comes from how busy your life is. It comes from how successful your children are, how many medals they have or whatever our, our world tells us defines, you know, greatness or success um, or value. I think that that is really upending people's lives. And, and I would challenge regardless of where, you know, your identity comes from, not just you, but people listening. This is a really great time to do some values reflections to say, even yeah. if I don't ascribe to a certain faith paradigm, um, you know, where what are the things that I truly value? Um, is it being busy, right? Like that might be a value for some people being seen as efficient and effective, you know? Um, but do you really value family? Do you value connection? Um, you know, do you value learning and education? I mean, there are lots of really great exercise exercises around values and beliefs that I think could be helpful and really grounding for people, right? When we talk about values, you know, I like to think of it as that's the foundation, you know, from which you build your life on, you build your house on or whatever kind of metaphor, you know, we use the the house all the time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bedrock, the foundation of your life are really your values. It's what guides your decisions. It what, it's what guides, um, you know, the choices that you make about your future, about where you put your money and what kind of words come out of your mouth and what kind of relationships 
that you build, all of those things are driven in our lives by what we value. Um, and, you know, for people with high belief, that's more apparent um, than others, you know, if we want to get into strengths language, but all of us have undergirding values, you know, that form the bedrock of our foundation. And so, you know, if you find yourself with a lot more time or, you know, even like for me, we just kind of worked where or moved where we're working. So I maybe have a couple more hours in my day because I don't have my commute, maybe don't have an evening activity, um, you know, every night. Um, so I have a few more hours in my day. I think it's allowed some really wonderful reflection on the things that I want to make a priority during this time um, based on my values. So I value caring for my neighbor. And I value meeting the needs of other people. So I've spent my time doing that, maybe more so than other people. And it might just be an invitation to people listening that feel anxious and feel like they're floating and feel like they don't know where to find solid ground amidst all of this. And and I think if we get the opportunity to draw back to our values, um, that is maybe a place to start. I love that. And I also think it gives us an opportunity to value others for Mm -hmm. what they do well. Yeah. So... I started thinking about how a lot of people who are at the front lines in this situation are probably people we take the most for granted. Yes. Um, yep. And what I also have come to realize is that this is a good time for us to also align with where our strengths and talents are, but also stay in our lane. Mm-hmm. So I don't now all of a sudden become a medical expert. <laughs> I rely on experts. Yeah. You know, I don't have to redesign any of my content that I teach on. Mm-hmm. I just need to stay with it. So I teach growth mindset. I teach the concept of purpose. You and I mm-hmm. teach a lot around strengths. That's what we need to stay in. We yeah. don't have to redefine ourselves right now to be, you know, strength experts on pandemics, but actually just <laughs> stay in strength. Yeah. Or I was thinking you know, especially with social media. Now everyone's an expert on what needs to happen in the grocery (laughs) industry and the trucking industry and the healthcare (laughs) industry. I would really value if we just shared what the experts are saying Mm -hmm. and let them have their moment to shine. Um, I think that's going to be hard for us to adjust because what we are good at an organization is mentoring. And I was really grateful to be able to share with people when we had an online session to remind mentors that, they've laid the foundation of hope building. Mm -hmm. They've laid that out with their mentee because they've showed up week after week, year after year. They've Mm -hmm. already laid that foundation of what it means to create hope. Yeah. Even if they are not seeing their mentee Mm -hmm. week after week right now, they've laid the foundation. So we don't have to suddenly become experts in e-mentoring. We are experts in showing up because Mm -hmm. we've demonstrated that and we've actually crafted a future cast image Mm-hmm. For our mentees to know that when we get back to school, my mentor is going to be there for me. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to become experts in something else. We don't have to all of a sudden do something different. We just get to remind ourselves mm-hmm. that by doing what we do best, we've shown that that's still going to be possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We may not know what that looks like, but the image is there. Um, mm-hmm. We've demonstrated and crafted what a safe adult friend should look like yeah. by honoring the social media boundaries by honoring the communication boundaries mm-hmm. that more than ever, when we get back to face to face interaction, I think we're going to treasure that and be glad that we set the example. So that our mentees who are now maybe exposed to more social media know what a safe adult friend should look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have found myself thinking, this is a time for me to stay in my lane of what I do. Well, mm-hmm. um, somebody posted a meme the other day that said, 
oh, great, now everybody's going to be doing a podcast. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, we've been doing one now yeah, for a while. For a while. Mm-hmm. We don't have to recreate ourselves. Mm-mm. You and I don't have to craft new resources. We're just going to do what we do. <laughs> yep. And lucky for us, we don't have to, to jump outside of our – we're not going to do strengths in the medical profession because <laughs> no. we don't know that. <laughs> We can talk about strengths in times of difficulty. Mm-hmm. We can talk about strengths when it comes from the generational perspective. We can talk about strengths in the balcony and basement, which we always mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, we get to be in our own energy that we, we don't have to recreate um, something that isn't ours to own. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And so- I hope that everyone remembers that, that they mm-hmm. don't have to... You know, yes, you might become more creative. Um, I mean, I'm going to do a lot more writing. I probably will do some really interesting photography during this time. But I don't have to suddenly become someone that I'm not. You're not going to start doing DIY crafts, Allie? I won't. (laughs) Thankfully, I can rely on other experts to do that. So I wanted to think about, you know, when we our future casting, the fact that we might be in this situation for a little while, right? Like I've been reading the latest, I just saw, I just read an article this morning about, you know, how, you know, flattening the curve extends the curve, you know, all of that. And we don't need to get into that. But knowing that we might possibly be here, you know, we're probably on the front end of our quarantine, right? Still, and everybody's going insane. Um, So I want to ask the question, you know, in light of be it your values or your strengths, um, what is kind of one practice that you think could be really helpful um, to implement moving forward throughout this week? We're on a Monday, so we're at the, you know, the fresh start of a new week of working from home and you and I both being in complete solitude, just making sure our plants stay alive, right? (laughs) You know, between the two of us, what is maybe, I know you've already been doing lots of great practices, so maybe what is one practice that you think you want to try um, this week uh, to help kind of lessen the burden of your woo or some of the other strengths that you listed or you know if you don't want to add something additional because you know as you mentioned your life is still kind of crazy and busy what is one practice that you found to be really fruitful um, that you have already been doing as a result of this quarantine that you want to share with everyone so I I got off track with my um, well-being practices during this time, and I was starting to have my phone right next to me all the time again. Mm. I did download and put the Facebook app back on my phone (laughs) because I do like to be able to get, like if there's a news conference, I like to be able to access it in a quick way. I also have found that social connection is something that I need, so I guess I'm going to be back on Facebook. Um, But... I two things um, I want to share. One, I found I figured this out. I had to practice and learn. My kids are so tired of me saying, "How do I do this? How do I do this?" That Sean just answers with Google it. So I looked up how to. You can get Facebook Live on my TV. Okay. Because I have a Fire Stick. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's called. And so I was able to watch some of my favorite musicians on my TV instead of my phone or my computer screen, and it it feels even more concerty because you know, the sound and yep. just seeing them. So that was something I learned. I tried something new that I wouldn't have done before utilizing technology. And the other thing is I'm getting back to basics on, um, what I had started my goals for the beginning of the year, my, my choice, my word mm-hmm. choice 
I'm choosing to put the phone away. Yeah. I'm choosing to drink more water. I'm choosing to get out in nature daily. I'm getting back to what I had said at the beginning of the year would be some common practices and using them with more intention. Yeah, I think that's good. Hmm. I'm trying to think for me. <laughs> um, I I think my tendency, um, you know, that I've even slipped into, I started really well when quarantine started um, and then um, got a little bit off track, but really being intentional about ending the night in a space of well-being, right? It's easy to, because I have more flex time to end it watching a few episodes of The Office or something like that, right? Which isn't probably, which is a, a great... That is a good best practice. Which the is, Office is would, a good best yes, practice. I would say, yes, in general, it's a great best practice, but it, it doesn't always help me to be really present, right? Like anything like that, media, TV, um, you know, anything like that draws you away from the present moment. And so I... Um, you know, and I, I started out really well, but, you know, my pastor kind of recommended some scripture readings and stuff for people, you know, in light of this around kind of not being fearful, like, um, fear not. There's, um, approximately 365 fear nots in the Bible, which, you know, from a Christian perspective is not ironic or coincidental at all that there's one for every day of the year. Um, and so he kind of encouraged people to read through those. And I started doing that, um, really well, really intentionally for a while. I was going through like one book of the Bible at a time and finding all of the fear knots. And then, um, I stopped and then I started reading, you know, uh, a new Henry Nouwen book or not a new, you know, one of his books. He has so many books that I love and he's a theologian and, um, one of my favorites and, but just hadn't, haven't picked that up again and started journaling, you know, and I journal really frequently, but I guess, you know, my adaptability is like, Oh, whatever I want to do, but I don't have consistency in my routine because that's 32 out of 34 and discipline is 34 out of 34. So I tend I to like discipline. <laughs> discipline and consistency being in my bottom five is really not, you know, um, we can strength spot that for ages, but, um, you know, so I like to do something a little bit different, um, which means I don't always have the follow through. And so I think just, but knowing that my days are so much better when I start them slow and end them slow. And that was an encouragement my friend Alex gave a while back um, during um, our churchwide fast in January. She said, I've been starting my days really slowly, um, even if it's just enjoying and sitting and enjoying a cup of coffee before I open my laptop, right? And that's really hard because I live in 700 square feet. And so my laptop is like right next to my bed. I mean, you can see my bed in the background here, um, you know? So it's like, it's really hard not to like just go right here and just say, I'm just going to check up and see what's there. Um, But knowing that my day is going to shift if I don't touch it, if I don't touch my phone, if I go and make my coffee, if I sit, if I journal, if I open a book or open the Bible, um, you know, whatever it looks like, but then also ending my days that way. I feel like I've been really good starting my days that way because I don't have my morning commute, um, which everyone knows is the most frustrating part of my day. Everybody in the teammate's office is like, if there's an accident on I-80, Tess is not coming in in a good mood. Um, but um, so I don't have positivity in my dominant themes, we know. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, but ending my days, I think in that space too, is really important. Um, you know, and especially for my context, which needs help, 
right? Context is the, the strength of reflection, um, the strength of the past coupled with my intellection. And so even though I might not have a world history frame of reference for what's going on, I have yesterday to reflect upon as a frame of reference. I have today to reflect on as a frame of reference. And so I think pulling on that a little more is maybe something I'm going to challenge myself to do, um, to say, you know, even if it's really short, and even if I still want to watch an episode of The Office before it, just making sure that's the way I end my day, I think is really, um, it's just really good for my soul, you know, in general, but especially right now when I'm like isolated from the world and I have no social interaction. (laughs) I agree. And I think getting back to those practices that, you know, we may have, or we were utilizing when we made goals at the beginning of the year. I mean, January Mm -hmm. seems like 10 years ago, Um, but you know, to think back, I do, you know, at night I, I still do my gratitude list and in the morning I still do my, my morning reflection with simple abundance and, um, I'm trying to incorporate some of those well-being pieces mm-hmm. that I was practicing. If there's ever a time to test something out to see yep. if it works, it's, it's now. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, you know, this could be a good time, Allison, for you to stop eating the Reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> on a regular basis and see what's the result of that. Or not oh eating gosh. your weight and cheese today. Oh Let's gosh. see what the result of that is. <laughs> you know, some of those things that I think I mm-hmm. when I when I put together a message in my head for my mentee. It was all of these things that she has helped me to practice. Yeah. So I know I'm still not going to be good at crafts yet, mm-hmm. but I can try something different right now. Mm-hmm. I can make a yet statement. I also, she's given me so many makeup tips that I'm <laughs> now's a good time for me to try them out because it's only you people on zoom. They're going to be able to, oh to try gosh. it. Also, let's all say thank you to the creator of zoom. Oh, yes. I mean, Claps he has all of my gratitude. Um, <laughs> I gave lots of gratitude to Scott Jones about, you know, yeah. literally he introduced this to me so many years ago mm-hmm. and I kind of utilized it a little bit, but wow, am I grateful for yeah. Zoom and grateful for Teams mm-hmm. and grateful for FaceTime and yeah. all of the ways that I can't imagine what my 1990 self would have done in this situation. Hmm. I mean, my team line would have been blowing up. <laughs> oh no one gosh. would have been able to get through. Um, also, I'd have probably grown cauliflower out my ear because the phone would have been attached oh to it. Gosh. So I think you know we have a lot of things that we can still be in practice of now mm-hmm. more than ever to yeah. test them. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. this is a testing time, but can we test some of our best practices to say, Yes, this this is helping me. Yeah. I mean, this helps me test. Mm-hmm. I, I was very grateful when you said, you know, can we put together a Jen and Millie? Because I thought, is this even going to be possible without a microphone between us? Can yeah. we do it? Will it work? Yeah. And we'll find out. We'll find out. Yep. <laughs> but we still need to stay in our mm-hmm. lane. There are people who, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there are people who look forward to Jen and Millie. I know. It's kind of <laughs> radical. I'm like, really? 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 <laughs> We've been doing this now for a while. We need to Mm -hmm. stay in our lane and continue doing it. And when I say stay in your lane, I don't mean that in a negative way, but people who do what they do well should continue doing what they do well. And they don't have to worry about the things that other people do well to mm-hmm. share their expertise. Well, that's 100% the strength-based mindset, right? That's all of what we live and we preach and we do, right? Is that you're going to be the most successful 
most successful version of yourself. You are going to be the greatest contributor to the society around you when you choose to utilize your talents, when you focus on what you're good at and for the things that you might not be great at. That's why we have great complementary partners and why we have theme blends and and why we, you know, the the concept of being well-rounded, right? Trying to, you know, in our case, in our situation, like you saying that you're going to give medical advice, good Lord. Um, you know, I'm like, um, that, that's a fallacy, right? To say that we're going to become well-rounded people. That's why we rely on people who, who have strengths in that area, who have done the work of going to school and putting their medical knowledge into practice. And um, yeah, that's why we get to rely on them, right? This is a great moment to test out our partnerships, right? Who are the partners in your life that you rely on, whether they be, you know, actual relationships with people one-on-one that you know, where there's reciprocity, or it's the great complementary partners of me and the CDC, right? Like that website's bookmarked on my phone, you know? So, um, you know, things like that, that I think it's a great, a great moment to, you're right, test our best practices. And I think the best thing that we can do is stay in our lane. And that means focusing on our strengths, focusing on your dominant themes, where are they weighing you down and what can you do to lift that burden and that weight? Um, and where are your strengths really excelling? And then how can you aim them for greater success? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you awesome. for this. This is good. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of our action item. I think your first one is to answer the questions that Allie and I answered, which is which of your strengths you feel is really burdensome right now um, and which of your strengths is really shining in the moment right now. Um, Number two would be to do some work on your values. Do some reflection exercises on what would you say are your core values that are unchanging and how can those be places and spaces where you can ground the uncertainty of the moment in your values? What are some actions or practices or reflections that you can do in your values that help you remember really who you are at your core and where your identity is found? And then number three is what a, a growth practice that you want to implement, you want to try, maybe a best practice that you've read about or something you've tried but haven't really kept to, kept discipline to, what's maybe a growth practice in your life that you want to implement in this coming week? Did I get everything? I think you did. Okay. Of course awesome. you did, and you didn't have them written down. I'm just watching this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I always see this when we're in space, you know, our little conference room space together with the cat towel, which I miss tremendously. I, um, I do have, have it in my apartment because I brought my monitor home and wrapped it in the cat towel. So I have it in case it needs to make a cameo in future episodes. <laughs> honestly, the cat towel is worth its weight in, in gold, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, it's, it's, it serves so many purposes. Mm-hmm. But when I was thinking about, you know, I witness you doing this. Like, you just remember what you previously said. I couldn't tell you two seconds ago what I said. I'm over here taking notes still like, what? Wait a second, what? what? And I thought, oh, please don't don't test me. Don't come back and say, now what were the questions we wanted them to answer this time? I'm like, no worries. Oh, I got you. I think I asked all the questions anyway, so they were in my head. <laughs> in your brain awesome. so well done just in my Thanks, brain Tess. yes oh man thanks everybody for tuning into episode 63 of jen and millie our first virtual episode let us know how it went um, if you enjoyed today's conversation consider sharing this episode with a friend to interact with us and share the responses to the questions and action items that we posed in this episode follow us on instagram that's at jen and millie at g-e-n-n-a-n-d-m-i-l-l-i-e the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of alice and Horn and Tess Darman and may not reflect the views of teammates mentoring program. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.